Hey everybody, this is Marisol, one of the co-editors of Deceleration. And in today's podcast, we have a old-fashioned landline analog interview with poet Jim LaVilla Havlin, who is a friend and a poet and an activist and the organizer of National Poetry Month events in San Antonio. But today he's going to be talking in particular about Words for Birds, which he um, co-founded in San Antonio back in 2008. And uh, since then, Words for Birds has been a signature event of National Poetry Month Every year at the end of April, there is a gathering of writers and poets who read works, kind of like the title suggests, about birds. And um, in historically at the uh, beautiful Mitchell Lake Audubon Center on the far south side of San Antonio, which is where uh, San Antonio at one time sent all of its sewage sludge to uh, to decompose, which attracted lots of birds. And so... Um, we're going to hear from Jim today talking about the origins of that event and um, kind of why he founded it there on the south side, as well as some kind of deeper, more philosophical um, uh, discussion, conversation about the significance of birds for environmental writers in particular. So please welcome Jim LaVilla Havlin. I'm Jim LaVilla Havlin, and I'm the coordinator for National Poetry Month activities in San Antonio. In about 2007, when there was no activity related to National Poetry Month in San Antonio, um, I did a few things with Jesse Castro that, that April. And then in 2008, we really began a full calendar of events. And Words for Birds at the Mitchell Lake Audubon Center was in that 2008 year. So this year would have been, would be its 12th year of happening. And basically, um, I knew the folks at Cibolo Creek and a number of other Audubon folks, but I live on the south side. <laughs> I live even further south than Mitchell Lake, and I really wanted at least one event to reflect that part of, uh, of what we're about. Mm -hmm. So we started in 2008 to invite um, poets to come out and read uh, bird-related poems. Um, and it's happened every year since. It has included poets from all over. It, there, there, have been, there have been years with um, poet laureates and uh, poets from out of town. Um, there was one year when we because we weren't getting a lot of people from in San Antonio, because it's a bit of a schlep, um, mm -hmm. we actually had a bus, a via bus from the Pearl and Green with lunches from Green wow. um, that took people out. We decided, among other things, of course, that having eight different people or 12, 
different people come in separate cars from from San Antonio down to Mitchell Lake was somewhat self-defeating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we did what we could. Um, it worked all right, but didn't happen again. Basically, over the years, it's been just a lovely um, afternoon, generally a Sunday afternoon, most most often toward the end of National Poetry Month, mm-hmm. where a group of poets got together and read both their own and other poems about birds, everything from um, Hope is the Thing with Feathers to Quoth the Raven Nevermore, mm-hmm. and everything in between. And for the last, I would say, three or four years, I'm looking at the 2015 sheet, we've done um, a haiku hike afterwards or a a workshop on nature observation or Mm -hmm. some sort of appended activity that worked with people uh, before or after. Um, I can tell you one story of walking on on a hike after a session years ago. Um, Carol Coffey Raposa, the poet and former state poet laureate, and Palmer Hall, the the editor, publisher now passed from Pecan Grove Press and a number of other of us walking through the through underbrush and a, a hawk mm. flying low over us commented upon and actually who appeared in several people's poems who then read them the following year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a... Um, I would say to to everyone, the thing about Words for Birds, in part, is that we also wanted people to get to know the Mitchell Lake Audubon Center, to mm-hmm. see it, to get out on in their on their amphitheater to hear poems, but also to walk the trails and and see what can be done, because as you know.
student participation, uh, we've had some over the years, was for um, perhaps the two universities that are that are not far from uh, Mitchell Lake, uh, Palo Alto and A&M, Texas A&M San Antonio, mm-hmm. to have some involvement. Um, these have been slow to develop, if at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palo Alto mostly because it's a commuter college, and mm-hmm. and A and M because we haven't broken in broken that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there are students south of town mm-hmm. who for whom the event would be a big draw, and we're working, we're thinking about teachers, and mm-hmm. um, it's very hard these days, given yeah. <laughs> sheltering in place, to think about any of this sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, but I do believe we'll be back out on the uh, on the stones of the amphitheater, mm-hmm. yeah. either next year, next year or the year after. It's a, it's a tradition... As a tradition, I would like to keep up. Um, you see, part of what happened was it was followed in the last three years by a reading out in Castroville, mm-hmm. in part because I'm committed as much to rural um, arts and mm-hmm. nature education as I am to uh, city work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Humorously enough, because Mitchell Lake is, Audubon Center is still within Bear County, it's always been in the calendar, whereas Castroville, because it's out of Mm -hmm. county, has never been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's just a funding deal, and it's too bad, but um, it is what it is. Um, It lets you know, it lets you know something about what it means to be an outlier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, in a literal uh, way, right? Right, right. I mean, you're talking to someone who, when I lived in New York City, lived on Staten Island, um, the quintessential outer borough. Mm-hmm. You have to take a bridge or a ferry to get there. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Let me ask you, too, what do you think it is about birds? Um, like, okay, we're going to have an environmental poetry event um, why not rivers? Why not trees? What is what what is so important about birds um, that this event recognizes them or celebrates them over other other creatures or other kinds of relationships? Hmm. That's a great question. I love that question. That's, I, I will, um, and I've thought about it at times. I. I do actually. We do a water-related um, oh, nature nature event, so it isn't it isn't necessarily over. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think that flight uh, and its rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the variety and song. Of birds, mm-hmm. I think that I, I think I actually think that um, birds allow for 
an analogy with poets. Mm. That, that that there's a certain there's a there's an inter there's a relationship there, mm-hmm. and in fact some of the great bird poems to a skylark, for example, um, some of the great bird poems are about the desire of people to break mm-hmm. earth bonds, to fly, mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. to soar. Um, and then, of course, there's there's uh, um, Daedalus and and the the issues with that. Mm-hmm. But but I think I think all of those things have have a bearing on on why there are these poems. Mm-hmm. Um, and they range. The intriguing thing, of course, is that they range across all cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are. There are bird-related um, folk tales in Zora Neale Hurston. There are bird-related folk tales in uh, Inuit traditions and in African traditions and in um, Asian. Tra- I mean, it's it's pretty universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do. I I. I guess my sense is that it really is something about what it what it feels inside us to see something mm-hmm. get off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to post the same question to myself because I know, like, my own writing is is so often filled with birds. Um, I think there's something um, there's something about observation there maybe they um, they make you look at them and they make you study them and and when you study something when you look at something and you watch something for a long time you just kind of naturally want to write about it I feel like trying to figure it out so yeah so I mean you know this because you know my writing, you know that I am cow obsessed. Yeah. And, and that I observe cows a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I write very different kinds of poems about cows than I do about cattle egrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, for exactly the reason we were talking about, which is that uh, cows, cow rhythm is one thing and cattle egret rhythm is another. But I actually, I I think in fact that what birds allow us to do is to kind come up with a working method for observing anything in the world. Mm. So Mm -hmm. if you focus closely, you can look at insects. Mm If you focus, if you broaden focus, you can look at cows, elephants, or giraffes. Um, But birds, given how prevalent, given how we see them all the time, given how we uh, hear them as well, Mm -hmm. and given their variety, allow us, give us the chance to refine those observation skills. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they're definitely always all around us. So they're really common, but then if you actually really pay attention and watch them, like you're struck by, you're surprised at how different they are and you're struck by just how um, like strange they are and how strange we are. That's my feeling when right. I look at birds. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I just, I'm, I'm in a, a process of reading uh, Thoreau's journals from the beginning daily now, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not very far because it, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's going to be, a, this will probably be a rest of life work, but in, today, in the segment I read today, he was writing about whippoorwills. Mm-hmm. And writing about them from the point of from from about sound, mm-hmm. about hearing yeah. them, and and I actually do think that that rhythm, as well as the the beating wing flutter rhythm, is something else that attracts writers. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim, would you, um, I don't know if you have any of your poems in front of you, but can we close with um, uh, any of the poems that you had submitted to this year's Words for Birds, which will be, instead of a a live event, a live reading, will be a a zine, a chapbook, a collection of the work that the poets would have read? It's called Kinetic Identity. And actually, I would say, in reference to our conversation, that, that in fact, um, much of my, these days, my observing, and it may in part be affected by Thoreau, um, is a attention deficit mode. It switches from one thing to one to another thing, um, in part because that's what the world is like. Mm-hmm. Um, So this is kinetic identity. Does the lively, chasing, running, whirling, high-tail movement of the squirrels, which which we are apt to label frolic, romp, signify nothing more than just the way they move, as Bob White's Bob and Snake's slither. They move the way they're built to move. After all, we know for all her wide-eyed, inquisitive neck-turning, the owl is not really asking who.